0: Hello, everybody. This is One More Road for the Beer, the Beer Travel and Food podcast, where we talk about the great beer cities in Europe, where to drink beer, where to eat good food, where to sleep, and where to go next. I'm Zachary Johnston, and with me as always is Joe Stang. Hi, Zach. Hello, Joe. It feels like it's been a while, but uh, spring has sprung. The birds are in the air. Where are yeah. we going to go? Well, we already know where we're going to go. <laughs>
1: I like how we pretend like we haven't discussed it. <laughs> where are we going to go? Hmm, let's uh, roll the dice. Budapest. Budapest, eh? Yeah, Hungary, yeah. I think that, uh, you know, we should say at the outset, it's not a traditional beer drinking city. Of course, they like beer, but it's not one of the famous sort of cities for beer. But as it happens, they have a burgeoning craft beer scene and they have some, a lot of other assets and uh, it's a beautiful place.
0: Yeah, I think when I first uh, went to Budapest, which was 16 years ago, um, it was a lot more focused around wine and sort of like homemade moonshine from uh, fruits. And yes, you still got the, like, stock adjunct lagers, sort of like as a hangover of the Soviet era, but the beer culture had not really burgeoned yet, whereas last time I was there and last time you were there, it seemed to have exploded. Yeah, as it has in so many other places, right? Yeah. Uh, and
1: there's a lot of potential, I think, uh, for, for Hungary to find its sort of local flavors and and uh, pursue them in the beer scene. Uh, I did taste some really interesting beers where they use, like, Tokai wine barrels, Uh, And they were, you know, doing things on grape must and and figuring out ways to sort of take advantage of the local taste for smoky things. And um, but of course, there's a lot of juicy IPAs of the type you can find anywhere. And they were
0: good. But, you know, they're maybe not not special. Right. That's kind of I think of the parallel. So when I think of Polish Baltic porters with their smoked plums and things like that, when I think Hungarian food, I think spicy, smoky, fatty. Obviously, kolaches, but also goulash, and that sort of just rich, rich flavor, which sounds like there could be some interesting beers coming on the horizon, leaning into that. Well, it all goes well
1: with beer, doesn't it? Yes. Well, that too. It's perfect yeah. beer food, that's for sure. When I was there, this was um, back in February, and so uh, because of this, you might consider going in February. Partly you'll get cheap flights then, if you go, uh, but also it was the time of the Mangalitsa Pork Festival that was going on. It was happening on Liberty Square. And Mangalica is one of the things that Hungary really has that other people don't have. And it is a really fatty, delicious pig. Okay. And they prepare it in all sorts of ways, charcuterie and and pork rinds and and bacon that's so fatty it's not even pink. It's just basically white. (laughs) And um, it's, of course, a little bit goes a long way, but it is really... um, Fun to try that. And and I think we'll get to other food as we get through the show, right?
0: Yeah, there's some interesting butcher shops and little farmer's markets and stuff around beer as well. So what's interesting, because, okay, there's first of all, there's Buda and Pesh, so it's sort of two cities, but it's one city at the end of the day. I mean, really, it's one place. And Buda is the castle, right? As, yes, as far as I know. Okay. It's like the hill, the castle. Right, that side the, of the river. Yeah, and then Pesht is the sort of town below.
1: Okay, and that's where a lot of the action is as far as restaurants and bars. Yeah, because it's sort of like... Tourism side and then tourism side with fun stuff. Yeah, <laughs> if you want to go oh, out, we should say at the outset. And I think this is uh, we we like to be honest about these things. We, we are not local experts on Budapest. No, uh, I I was there recently, and and when I take a trip, I know you do too. We we like to do our homework, figure out what's good to eat, wh- where should we go drink, and and, and we do our best. I, I was there on with my wife and kids, and so there was a family trip too. So that's sort of you know maybe not as ambitious a schedule as normal, but I think actually going with kids, I might have some interesting perspective on places as well. And then you've been yeah. there a few times. Yeah, I've been
0: there, I, th- I want to say four times over the past 16 years. So, and most recently, a couple years ago, and I have actually always been there without kids. So the first couple times I saw my own as like a 20 year old to party and have a good time. And then the last couple times to sort of more take in the city and you know what it's about. I took my parents there once when they came to visit, which was really nice because we got to you know kind of walk around and really absorb things a bit better than, you know, waking up at three in the afternoon with a hangover and getting ready to do it again. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting place. I've always sort of gone there and been like, hmm, wow, this is, on the surface, it feels very familiar, as in, you know, the neoclassical Austro-Hungarian architecture is there. That's similar to Bratislava and Prague and Krakow and even up into Tallinn and in Latvia and places like that. But the second you get past that sort of surface level, it's so wholly unique with the language, the culture, and, you know, the food just goes off in a completely different direction than all the countries around it. And so it's the type of place that you kind of have to spend a little time in to appreciate, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I I would
1: like to go back. If I get the chance, I will certainly do it. Yeah, for sure. So (laughs) stop pontificating
0: and talk about some beer.
1: Right. Because there is something. I think we didn't mean to talk down the local beer scene. We're just trying to say it's, it's not Bamberg. It's not Brussels, right? right. It, but uh, actually, Budapest does have something that none of those other places have. And it's really cool. It's called the Ruin Pubs, the Ruin Bars. Uh, and these really are a tourist attraction in their own right. The basic idea is uh, you are an entrepreneur. And there's a dilapidated old building probably uh, b- from before the world wars. You get it at a low price. And you see how many little bars and kitchens and old furniture and uh, interesting art installations and other things you can squeeze into this place. And it becomes an attraction. And uh, the iconic one, I think, is simpler. Would
0: you agree? That's kind of the focal point, And also probably the easiest to access.
1: Right. It's in the Jewish Quarter, yeah.
0: District 7 which is sort of the big restaurant, bar,
1: party area, right? Pretty much. One of them, anyway. One of them, anyway, yeah. yeah.
0: It's kind of hard to miss.
1: Right. When I was there, there was a fairly steady stream of dopey tourists like me going in to take pictures uh, and have a look around, and some of them stayed for a beer, some didn't, or some went to get something to eat. I was a little disappointed in the food um, there because, you know, I'm not super strict, but I'm looking for local food, and it was all burgers. Right. Uh, not all burgers. There was some goulash, I think, and um, but, you know, it was... Aiming to be hip rather than aiming to be Hungarian, I suppose. But there was a load of beer. There was the uh, Pilsner Urquell tank beers there, and on a couple of different bars, you're getting the fresh, unpasteurized beer trucked over from the brewery in Pilsen, really delicious, and not, but not Hungarian, of course. But upstairs is the Labor Bar, which is a, a bar for the Mad Scientist Brewery, one of the better Hungarian craft breweries. So and you could go up there, and there's a, a chemistry lab theme. And there's a decent chance you're going to end up drinking like a double IPA from Erlenmeyer flask or something.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting place. My plan is always sort of like I roll in there after lunch, post up in that big picture window up front, and just sort of watch the world go by and watch the tourists come in and out and just enjoy the beer as it flows. And yeah, definitely go upstairs for the beer. I think the Mad Scientist is one of the most interesting breweries in the city right now. And they're just doing magical stuff. I found anyway, uh, the last time I was there, I really enjoyed it.
1: It's good beer. They're getting around Europe as well. They're really, I notice they're showing up at festivals and getting into craft beer bars around Europe as well. Yeah.
0: You can, uh, you know, have a couple drinks there and then just stroll through the through Jewish Quarter and, you will know, find a nice cafe that's open. They'll probably have, you know, a nice beer on too, or maybe grab a cup of coffee before you go to the next bar. Because it, it is very, very walkable there. And you, you will find something cool to do.
1: Yeah. around there. There's a few other uh, uh, breweries and tap rooms around there too. Um, we went into one, um, the kids and I, for dinner <laughs> called First Craft Beer and Barbecue. Uh, First is the name of a, of a Budapest brewery. I think it's pretty new and they seem to be well financed, let's say. So it's, it's quite a polished affair. Um, it's not like one of those sort of ragtag kind of places you walk into and growing from the ground up. I think they've got a lot of money to start with, but but it means you're gonna from the outset you've got a you know efficient staff and right, big right. menu and you know and so sometimes I see the word barbecue it sets unrealistic expectations in my mind you know St. Kansas, Kansas City. City I'm from Missouri man yeah <laughs> but they did have real barbecue right. uh, they had it was a tiny piece of their menu but they had like pulled pork and and um, a couple other things but it was mostly burgers and nachos and wings you know yeah they did have
0: goulash. So so there was, you know, if you had to have something Hungarian for strict about these things, you could have a goulash. But I mean, this is, I feel like five years ago, it'd be surprising to be seeing all these burgers and and barbecue and nachos and things like that. But now we've kind of gone past the Rubicon where everywhere you go, you know, we've been in Warsaw, we've been all over and it's just, this is what it is now. This is the sort of menu, even when I, you know, uh, when we were in Rome and I was in Bologna last month, went to a beer bar and, you know, sure enough, it's the same sort of set.
1: I don't have to like it and I don't have to stop bitching about it either, Zach. Right, right. But uh,
0: at least, like, for instance, if you're in Italy, you know it's going to be top-notch. <laughs> yeah. Well, the beer was all right, too. Right, right. They
1: had uh, 20 taps in there, I think, and they uh, had a perfectly serviceable lager. Right. And then uh, my kids noticed that on the menu there was a blueberry beer. It's like, <laughs> daddy, daddy, you have to get the blueberry beer. I was like, all right. I, went, you know, I haven't had a proper fruit beer since the 1990s so it's like (laughs) you know that's not a lambic or something right Right. or or whatever so so like okay let's try this blueberry ale and it was um it tasted like blueberry soda it was (laughs) right it was bright blue and it was sweet and um
0: yeah my kids would have liked it if i'd (laughs) 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 maybe that's the target audience give them a straw yeah (laughs) Yeah. so first though is a german word is it associated with germinate whatsoever because it's sort of like, isn't there a first beer as well? No, it's actually it's, well?
1: it's spelled in English. F-I-R-S-T. Oh, yeah. right. oh like, first as
0: in first. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. First among equals. Or, um, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. I thought it was F-U-R-S-T. Excuse no, that, me, excuse me.
1: You know, that's another thing is, uh, and I think that's not necessarily taking cues from the United States craft beer scene, but also it's, you know, a lot of non-Hungarians have a hard time pronouncing Hungarian or knowing how to say it and and we've oh yeah Yeah. us doing our homework for this episode as well we had to like look up look some things up and we're still not going to get it right so I think it makes sense to sort of go toward the quasi not quite universal language of commerce
0: being English particularly for crap here yeah especially if you're in a touristy part of the city I mean you gotta kind of face some realistic traffic there so speaking of pronunciation yeah I was gonna say and also I guess a little more local food. A place that I really, really dig. It's, I suppose, it's kind of a ruin bar in and of itself, but it's a, it's kind of a little bit of a farmers market. It's a bakery, different food installations, and there's a great, great beer bar. And How do you say it? How do you say it? It's a LS two, LS two, and LS two. Yeah, and if you look at it, it looks like uh, aletso. And if you say Aletsu, people are probably going to stare at you funnily. And uh, But yeah, letsu We'll spell it out for you on our little uh, show notes. Yeah, finally. and we'll give you the map and everything. But uh, you sort of walk in and there's a open area. But it's sort of like open courtyard. And uh, there's a beer bar back. And I want to say there are 20 taps. There might be a few more now. Mostly focusing on local beer that they either brew there in homebrewing courses that they put on. Or uh, that are from the area. So uh, you can get like a mad scientist and different things like that there. And what I love is there's a bakery there where they're baking bread every single day and uh, one of the uh, little kitchen pop-ups uses that bread in their sandwiches. And yes, they have like a pulled pork sandwich and they do a really good like local Reuben. And so the pastrami is all done in house, local Hungarian cheese that gets all nice and melty, uh, some nice spiced up uh, sauerkraut on there. And so it, it feels like you're eating something from Hungary, even though it does have a bit of a lean towards a more international menu. I mean, it's a Reuben and a pulled pork sandwich, but they do other sandwiches, they do charcuterie boards with all local cheeses, smoked cheeses, uh, all the uh, koulbass, uh spicy or not, local hams that come in, so it, it's very much, you can go hard local there with local pickles as well. Then the beer is just wonderful, so like I said, yeah, I think 20 or 22 taps in the back, and. Lots of places sit. I want to say on the weekends, don't quote me on this, but on the weekends, uh, there's a little bit of a farmer's market. So farmers bring in baskets of you know, vegetables and fruits from the countryside. And so you can technically, you can kind of stock up if, you are, if you're in an Airbnb, you can grab something to cook at home later, have some, you know, apples or fruit for breakfast. And it's just a really laid back atmosphere. I didn't find it overly touristy when I was there last time. That doesn't mean it isn't now. Like people could have caught on by now because it's been around for about i want to say four or five years and it's a little bit off the path right i mean because it's a little bit south so you're gonna have to believe you can take a tram there fairly easily uh if if memory serves we'll also like i said we'll have this on the map with where it is so you'll be able to find it through show notes it feels more local and again you know it's only been there for four or five years and you know sometimes these things take a minute to catch on so now it could be blown up with tourists because they figured out how to ride the trams um However, when I was there, it was, uh, you know, uh, late spring, early summer, really good crowd only heard people speaking Hungarian. Everybody behind the bar and the servers all spoke English happily. And uh, it was really inexpensive. I don't remember spending that much money on beer. Dude. Is a coffee shop in there too or something? Yeah. There's yeah. a really nice coffee shop. There's a wine bar as well, which is a lot of local wine. So basically everything good. Everything good in Hungary is there and it's <laughs> all seems very seasonal, local and like local from the region. Yeah. as in you know the brewers are you know people who coming in and they do the home brewing course it's so people can start like brewing their own beers and doing their own thing to kind of like seed the area with ideas. Okay. How long has it been since you were there? It's 2019 so I want to say 2017. Okay. So I think since you were there they added
1: a special beer bar that is a cask ale bar. Yes. That's okay. new.
0: I that might have been there then. I just might not have noticed it.
1: Uh, maybe it was last year they put it in or yeah, maybe the year before. It is newer, yeah. But um, I, this is one reason I really wish I had gotten down there. Uh, there on the website, there's a picture of Roger Protz, my man Roger, who writes the good beer guide uh, to the UK. So he's the cask ale man for camera, campaign for real ale. Anyway, they they invited him out to help open the cask nice, ale bar. Nice. So they had a VIP in there. for it. And a cask ale bar, we don't have that in Germany, man. No. We don't. So that I think that's that's pretty special, actually. That's yeah. pretty cool that they're doing... Um,
0: that's yeah. worth
1: going out there for alone. And I imagine it's mostly Hungarian beers they're putting on cask. I can't
0: imagine... Uh, yeah. yeah. I would imagine as well. Because the tap bar was already almost 100% positive only local Hungarian beers from mm-hmm. the region and maybe a few further afield in the country. But there was, the focus was, this is our stuff. And that's why I kind of dug it. And uh, especially the bakery there, like, I don't eat that much bread. But the bakery is just phenomenal. Yeah. If it's farmer's market, you get a little bit of cheese, get a loaf of bread, take it home. Boom, you're done for breakfast. Beer, wine, bread, coffee, yeah. farmer's market. It's yeah.
1: like you could spend all your money drinking beer and then you can't
0: afford to go to the restaurant. So then you self-cater at the market. And go exactly. back to your flat. Yeah. Exactly. That's perfect. And so, I mean, for me, it's sort of like even if you are going to town to stay there just for a weekend... I would almost argue staying somewhere near there, and then you can just jump on the tram because the trams run consistently. It's you know, like Prague. So you can get around very easily on public transportation. That, yeah.
1: that is consistent. You were talking about all the Hungarian beers. And so I, one thing I noticed in a lot of the bars was that uh, a lot of them will be a mix of international beers. So if you want to try the local beers, but they weren't always you know that many available. Right. So one that I found that did have a bunch was one I call Naked Chuck. And uh, that's totally mispronounced, obviously, <laughs> uh, but it's not, not that far off. Um, it, it's uh, naked chuck. I think that's pretty close. N- naked chuck. Uh, it looks like naked cask, except the <laughs> the s and the a and cask are turned around. Uh, but I like naked chuck. Anyway, it's <laughs> it's. <laughs> It kind of surprised us. It was just a thing I had on my list, and it was more or less convenient to where we were going. So I, like, you know, marched the family way out of the way to go there. And then uh, they have 32 taps, almost all Hungarian beers, uh, including their own, that they, a couple that they brew there. It's a brew pub, a beer bar, and also a bistro. And that's a word I don't usually take too seriously. It's just it's kind of a frou-frou marketing word a lot of times for a restaurant. But actually, the the food there was really good. And, and that was the best food I had the whole time we were in Budapest was in this this pub uh, or gastro pub, I suppose. Um, what did you have? Uh, it was it was brunch time. They have a nice brunch menu. Um, kids were tucking into like waffles and brioche with goat cheese and jam. My wife was on the uh, eggs Benedict, I think. And and but the thing that jumped out of me on the menu was not available on the brunch menu, so I had to wait patiently <laughs> until it was time for lunch. And it was it was listed as and there's a what I think was a fairly poor translation, as gristle, basically. It's like, oh, gristle, hmm, that sounds... So then I, I actually, like, that can't be right. It's not really gristle, right? Because if it is, I probably have to order it just to see. Uh, so I did a little, like, translation on the phone. You know, it turns out to be basically cartilage, and it's rib tips. They were rib <laughs> tips, okay? They're smoked rib tips, uh, which is, um, if you're not familiar with rib tips, like if you have um, pork spare ribs... Uh, and you get St. Louis style. That's the part that's chopped off. Yeah. And sometimes in Chicago, I know they do rib tips. And um, this barbecue Hungarian style. Yeah. Uh, then given like the extra gastro pub, a bistro twist, smoked rib tips. They were tempura battered fried. <laughs> then they sprinkle like the green onions over it. And then drizzled over it was this uh, kind of mild, very Moorish salted caramel sauce.
0: It was so good. So, tempura fried. Smoked. Smoked. (laughs) Rib (laughs) tips. The salted caramel sauce. That's kind of crazy. It was delicious. It was so good.
1: And the beers were good, too. We had some, you know, uh, cutting-edge, highly ranked on untapped, cloudy New England IPAs there from... breweries like uh Horizont and and um, yeah I, then i had the lo- i tried the local beer from they had a, a pretty nice like a pale ale there that they brew and so yeah it was it was a nice little place and I, that's a place i would definitely go back to if i were to go back the atmosphere is eh, okay it's right. a little bit like a lot of picture windows a bit bright and not my kind of like
0: dark brown and dirty place but it was it was <laughs> it was family friendly still trying to get over the uh <laughs> for a pride barbecue. fried like, that seems like such a, a masterful thing, but also like, why <laughs> do we need deep fried barbecue? But now I want to try it. Like, I can't, I'm going to probably dream about it tonight. Yeah. And then probably try to do it at home and just have to end up going to Budapest to try it for real. <laughs> yeah. I can't do that at home. We have rules. <laughs> right. We have rules. <laughs> we don't tempt God that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so where is next? Where would you go next for some, something a little more just like down and dirty drinking?
1: Well, like I said, I was with my kids. So, right. but actually there is there is another bar that they really liked. <laughs> <laughs> and we did do stuff without beer and I'll, I'll get to that too. But um, there's a, a tap room near, not too far from Liberty Square and, and your parliament and all that. And um, it's uh, the Hedon Tap Room. And the uh, Hedon is a brewery uh, and it's, it's not in Budapest. It's um, down at uh, Lake Balaton, which... As I learned is the largest freshwater lake in central Europe. The brewery looks like a beautiful little spot, uh, near the water, sand volleyball court, they called brewery and playground, Right. sand volleyball courts and ping pong and like big cushy things to lay around on. And that lake is awesome
0: in the summer. Oh, you've been there. I've, yeah. I went there a while back and it's a lot of fun. Okay. So if you're there in the summer, it is worth the, especially if you're going from Prague to Budapest time, it so you can stop there overnight, grab a spot. You'll have a good time.
1: Could you do a day trip from Budapest to the lake?
0: Easily. Okay. Very
1: easily. Yeah. Probably direct trains and whatnot.
0: Yeah. Um, car, bus. I think the train goes past there. I'm not positive right now. Okay. Cause I can't remember the train. There might be a train that goes up that way, but I think the train veers sort of towards Bratislava. So you might have to get off and like take a bus. Don't again, don't call me on that. I mean, it's it, been looked, a while. it looked Some beachy. I mean, it's a freshwater lake. Surprisingly but looked... beachy. Yeah. yeah. A lot of good times. A lot of people there having a good time and, uh, family stuff during the day, but also a lot of fun stuff at night if you want to party. All right. So it's
1: like the great lake. A it's like yeah. it's like the Chicago of Europe. They have uh, <laughs> rib tips and they have a big, big lake. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. And lots of crap beer. Back to Budapest, I suppose. Right, right. <laughs> the hit on Taproom uh, is really gimmicky. Uh, it's one of those uh, pour-your-own-beer places, which I know I've, I've been to a couple in the States before. I like them. I know some people really don't like them for different reasons. They figure if you're paying the money, someone should pour your beer for you Eh. and so on. But I think it's kind of fun as long as not every bar turns into one of these, you know.
0: One every now and then isn't going to kill nobody. No, exactly.
1: You walk in, you pay up front. They give you a little plastic card. You can, you know, pay as much as you want to pay. Um, And if you need to top it off later, you can always do that. Pick yourself a clean glass. There's uh, a few different sizes and shapes depending on what you're in the mood for, or what you're going to drink, I suppose. You can give it a quick rinse if you want to. And then there's, on the far side of the bar, a wall of 30 taps. About half of them were their own beers. And they were pretty good, I have to say. I, mean, I was surprised. I mean, there was, like, pretty high standard there. Uh, generally speaking, there was a, a really good saison that I don't remember the name of that, uh, that I really enjoyed that was convincing, you know? And I'm really picky about those. So <laughs> so that was fun. And, and uh, I enjoy that, although... You know, it's, it's a good um, lesson for the kids in like a math lesson, subtraction in real time. Like uh, you put your little card on the thing and you pull the tap and you can see your Hungarian forints begin to disappear <laughs> immediately as your glass fills with beer. And there was, all, there's also like a water tap so the kids can fill their own water, which is, you know, fun for them for now anyway, in a couple of years, I don't know if they're <laughs> still going to enjoy that, but, and they, they liked it because they had pizza and they had TVs and pizza. That's like, that's all my kids want. Right. That's all they want. And then you can sit there and drink. Yeah. yeah. I had, and eat pizza. Yeah. Like, again, like not my kind of atmosphere
0: it was sort of like a you know hipster mcdonald's but i have been to a bar like that in uh, munich of all places and it is a good time for you know especially if you've got a good group of friends that you're going in and everybody's into it it's fun you go in there you put 20 bucks on your card and when the 20 bucks is done you leave yep that's simple as that yeah good pit stop <laughs> what's kind of crazy because uh, always whenever i was in Budapest, it seems like when you're on the buddha side you kind of do that during the day. And so you like tour the castle and you go see where Beethoven played a concert and Mozart played a concert. And there's that little sort of lane back behind the castle with a couple little old like restaurants and stuff. And, um, and the castle, I mean, that's a good afternoon being up there just sort of walking around so you can like build up your beer hunger. And it's beautiful. Yeah. And you it's get really to n- over n- the pretty. city as well. Yeah. The views yeah.
1: from the bridge and of the bridge are just really, especially yeah. at night. Oh God, yeah.
0: And it's also nice because you can take that, uh, what are they called, funiculars up to the cat, like you walk over the bridge and there's that funicular that goes all the way to the top. Now you're going to get the song in my head. <laughs> funicular, funicular, funicular. Oh, now it's going to be stuck in my head for days. Thank you. Thanks for that, for mentioning the funicular. But no, it's pretty easy, especially because it pretty much drops you off right by the bridge. So you walk over the bridge and boom, you're back into the other side of town where you can easily find a place to go and have a good drink. Um, Do you think it's worth going into the castle or just walking around? I didn't go into the castle. Uh, We had only a few days there. What we did do, which was
1: really fun, was the labyrinth. Well, it's literally a labyrinth of underground tunnels that are all interconnected um, on on Buddha Hill, like basically beneath the castle. And uh, it is apparently historically true that Dracula himself was kept prisoner there. So that adds this sort of like horror uh, theme going on there. And actually, as it turns out, it's pretty scary down there. It's not entirely well lit, which I think is by design. And so if you're a little bit brave or you have a light on your phone and are willing to explore, or maybe you carry a flashlight around with you, I don't think anybody does that anymore. There are these, you know, you'll see that the tunnel keeps going, but there are no lights leading down there. So you know, what's down here? And you'll find things like you'll find scary little displays of blue people like they look like aliens or monsters and you're not sure what it's about <laughs> probably it's a big hit at halloween or, t- or i don't know and you don't know where it is you have to sort of stumble across it through some dark tunnels but there is a little uh, thing about vlad tepis uh, and a little bit of a story there and but it's a good fun just to explore and it's it also they have a, a bunch of costumes down there from the local opera authentic sort of period type stuff uh, on displays and then they have statues of various Hungarian kings so there's a bit of history there too sounds Um, very Games of Thrones yeah and there's one you can sit on yeah (laughs) for pictures and yeah we enjoyed that a lot, and it was pretty spooky, and then after that, you know, everybody's thirsty, so.
0: Right. So, um, what's one last place you think you should definitely go to when you're in Budapest? <laughs> well,
1: Zach, uh, I'm so glad you asked, because this city has, as you know, one of my favorite things, a pinball museum. <laughs> <laughs> the Flipper Museum is actually one of the best in this genre. Yes. And that's ain't a lot coming from you, because <laughs> you dive deep. It's, uh, it costs about the equivalent of around 10 bucks to get in, and then it's all you can play. It is kind of a little labyrinth itself down there, uh, but the holes are lined with old pinball games and arcade games and a lot of, like, tabletop-type games, including, like, a Star Wars one I'd never seen before, and, of course, you have your old, like, classic... Uh, Flash Gordon games and Lord of the Rings stuff—that's not so old, but still really fun to play—and uh, so games of all types. Um, you can spend a lot of time in there. There's no beer in there, which may be a point in its favor. You know, it's, it's nice to have little spaces where beer can't find you, I suppose. But it was really fun, and um, my kids seem attracted to the arcade games. I found myself like trying to remember old Mortal Kombat moves with my nine-year-old. <laughs> but it was great fun. I think that's another one that uh, you could do—you know, any time of day with all ages and have a good time and yeah, get take a cool, a break. S- yeah, yeah, cool souvenir T-shirt at the the end, yeah.
0: Right on, cool. I think
1: that's uh, that's Budapest. We didn't talk about strudel. We didn't talk about uh, is it langos?
0: The fried mm. bread with oh, the, the fried sour bread. cream and cheese all over. Oh it? my god! Or sometimes you get it with uh, ham, with melted cheese on it, and a little bit of a uh, like spicy sauce. Man oh it's one of the best things ever it's fried bread for god's sakes
1: the strudels are so good you know yeah. The like the the, with the poppy seeds or walnuts in them and, and they're not very sweet the yeah. cherries like yeah. sour cherries i really
0: dig the one that's completely filled with poppy seed because it's more earthy and sort of like it's not as sweet i mean though we can put cream on it but it's one of my favorite things ever
1: yeah yeah we'll have to do a whole other show on the hungarian food (laughs) just the food and food chicken paprikash. cash we're talking about that the fishman stew so
0: much okay well now we've
1: mentioned them at least so yes
0: exactly and that's just it like what i love about Budapest is especially when you're in a place like the jewish quarter or on the Pest side you can just walk around and you know follow your nose and follow the people and you'll find some good food around for sure yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that is our episode. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Road for the Beer. You can follow us on Instagram at All oh, One More Road for the Beer. Uh, please rate us and subscribe on iTunes or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And uh, you can find me on Uprocks Life, Zach Johnston. You can also find me on Twitter at ztp underscore Johnston and Instagram at ZTP Johnston. Joe, where can we find you?
1: Thirstypilgrim.com is my little blog. I've got thirsty underscore pilgrim on Twitter. Or, you know, Google us up. We're around.
0: And don't forget, if you're going to Belgium,
1: what book should we buy? <laughs> Thank you, my friend. <laughs> uh, yeah, A Good Beer Guide to Belgium. I think we ought to get back to Belgium in, a, in another show soon, don't no, you think? I agree wholeheartedly.
0: Yeah. So this show was edited by tescard in Berlin, and we shall see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.